the weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 367, Mr. Samich. Oh, cursed huzzah! Oh, cursed huzzah, indeed. <laughs> Holy cow, congratulations to our friend Geist and uh, all the Little Red Feather Racing owners. That was, if you didn't see it, race uh, was it race six, Mike, uh, at Keeneland today. Woof, she was good. She was six to one morning line. Really liked that. Didn't so much love the fact she was seven to two. But man, when she settled into that pocket, going into that first turn by herself with Irad, I was like, Holy shit, she's going to win this right there. Like, I would have thrown all my money on her to win right then and there. I was lucky enough to talk to Geis right after the race or a little bit ago, and he was like, we all knew. He's like, as soon as we get to the top of the stretch, we knew we were rooting on a winner. It was just just a matter of time until she gets home. So, a wonderful race. Absolutely amazing to see uh, see see her get home. And I love all these uh, these t- chats here. Two, six, two, seven, eight would be fine with me. I would prefer the seven <laughs> or eight, but the two would work as well. I'm, I'm four deep for the pick six. Looks like Chris is alive. Uh, looks like Curtis is looking for the four, seven or eight. So I think the seven or eight are double covered horses here. We might have to do a quick little hit the pause button on the, uh, on the show here for watching the last of Keeneland. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're watching the replay or listening back to the podcast version of this, um, we are uh, doing this on Thursday, right? Mike's got a big sweat in the pick six, and a bunch of the listeners do too. So um, we've got 10 minutes to post right now. So uh, we will take a pause when we're previewing Keeneland's pick four for Saturday to talk about that race and preview it because, as we said, we've got a lot of people sweating it. But uh, that means, Mike, we should dive into it because we are going to be taking a break. We're looking at Keeneland's late pick four on Saturday. It, the meet's been great so far, Mike. I'm excited for another week and a fun riders up. All right, Mike, kicking off the late pick for Keelan on Saturday, April 16th, race eight on the card. This is the Giants Causeway Stakes, one of my favorite races is the meet. We've got always a, a big field, and we got 14 of them here. Older Phillies and Mares sprinting five and a half furlongs on the grass. That number three horse jumps right out at you. That's uh, Campanelli for Wesley Ward, Irad Ortiz Jr. jumping aboard, a two-time Royal Ascot winner. Uh, surprised she's still in training because she's won back-to-back years at Ascot, but hey, we're back for more. She's breaking from post three. She's my top pick. Is she yours? She is not. Um, and, and this is an absolutely wide, wide open race. Uh, it, it, like, I understand why she's someone's, why she's your top pick. Five to two price, I think, is a little bit of a, bit of a pipe dream. I think you're going to see her go off at a much shorter price than that. Um, and I'm going to use her here. But this race is just really, it came up super deep. And she wants to be a little more forwardly placed. There's a lot of front end pace in here. Um, so I'm going to go to actually the horse I think is going to get the lead in here, Ellie Z, uh, out of the 12th post, as my top pick. Uh, 
she's done absolutely nothing wrong, literally, in the last three starts, winning them all. Uh, if you go back five or four back, she just uh, got beat by a head by Brooke Marie. Five back, she was on dirt, lost to Bell's the one. So absolutely no shame in those races. She always makes the lead super fast. Breaking from the 12 post won't be a problem. Uh, she's had success on this racetrack, going for two at, over the track, three for six or six for 13 at the distance. Horse just loves to win. And I think I actually found a pretty good spot here because I do think she can make the front. I didn't use her, um, and it's because I went a little chalky with my ticket, so uh, I do have a press as well, but I figured I had to try and take a stand somewhere, and with LZ, uh, yeah, you're right, she hasn't done anything wrong, um, however, I think that a lot of the horses she was beating down at fairgrounds, they're not as good as some of what she's facing here, and the ones that are as good as her or as good as horses that I'm using, they're going to be better prices in here, so... I understand why to use LZ. I thought that there was going to be a lot of speed in here, and I didn't like that she was going to be all the way out in post 12. Um, if she doesn't, if she doesn't clear, she's going to be stuck pretty wide out there. If she does clear, I'll uh, look out. She could be a little bit dangerous, but I'm going to take a stand against her. For me, Campanelli is great. Uh, I talked about that she's won twice at Ascot. Um, last October in that race here, it was the uh, Buffalo Trace Franklin County Bourbon something or other stakes. Uh, <laughs> she got slammed out of the gate. Yes, she did. lost all shot. Yeah. And yet, she, every excuse to, to, to not run, to, she gets third. And she misses second by a neck. And there's two horses that were ahead of her that are back in here. Uh, if you forgive the fact that she hit the gate, that was a damn impressive effort. I'm going to forgive her for only getting an E3 buyer there. Because if you look at the Commonwealth Cup that she won at Ascot last summer, she gets a 117 time form. That's a triple-digit buyer right there. Now Ward's taking the blinkers off. She has no issue firing off the layoff. Irad's riding. Uh, I know you're using her. She wasn't your top pick, but did I miss any points that you uh, that you liked about her? No, you hit the nail on the head. I, I, I mean, first off, the layoff is my only concern here, but she's fired well off the bench, so I'm not going to knock her for that. Uh, she has tactical speed, but doesn't need the lead, so you got to like that. And like you said, a field that signs on with a bunch of horses here. A little concerned about the post. Um, Rosario's going to have to make out a trip on this horse because you mentioned all of the speed that's sitting in this race. I'm sorry, I read Ortiz going to have to make out a trip on this horse. You mentioned all the speed that's in this race. You could have four horses, five horses kind of clear in front, some back up into her. She's going to have to kind of weave her way through here. I read, obviously, a person that you love having aboard, so definitely capable of doing it. Just a really tough spot to kind of to get out of that three post if you are going to try and come from mid-pack here to her sprinting. So I, I think you're going to see a short price and a tough trip. Probably the most talented horse in the field, but I just have a little, a couple questions in there. Um, I'm actually not using either Change Control or Ambassador Luna, who are the two horses that beat her last time. This is one of those unique situations. We're both playing press tickets here. So I've got a 50 center that I went five deep. I ended up going two deep in my $5 ticket. And the other horse I'm going to use is the 14 horse, AG Indy. Uh, this is a horse that is much better at turf sprinting. Last time out, they sent this horse out on dirt in the grade two inside info. It was the first time that we saw this horse in the Pletcher Barn. Now we're getting second time Pletcher Barn, second time off the layoff. I think you're going to see a much better effort for this horse. And I always, sm I, I talk smack about those turf horses in California, but not the turf sprinters. The turf sprinters are generally very good in California. We've seen that at the Breeders' Cup. I'm interested in seeing what AG Indy can do here, taking a step forward. And I think getting a really nice setup, you talk about like this one has tactical speed, but if you look at like the win two back, it was coming just off it. You look at the win four back. It was coming just off the pace. The horse is able to sit tactically behind the speed and then pounce. I think the 14 draw isn't bad in that sense because you have the tactical speed to be forwardly placed, but you don't need the lead. And I like that we get Saez aboard. So, uh, oh, the 10 to 1 price on Pletcher and Saez doesn't suck either in this spot. So I'm going to go too deep with the 12-14 in my $5 ticket. I'll end up five deep in the, in the 50 center. 
Uh, kind of the same reason for me not using the, the 14 is that uh, there's a lot of speed. And I, if I was going to use a speed horse, it wouldn't be her. But you are at least getting uh, a better price. And you, you talked about she's a California horse, Mike. But that win two back to center K, Maddie Sticks, that's on the Breeders' Cup undercard. There were multiple horses from around the country in that race. Uh, a lot of them Phillies and Mares who couldn't get into the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. Uh, including AG Indy. She tried drawing into that and didn't. Um, there were two horses in that race, including Hear My Prayer, who were back in this spot. Again, for me, there's it, it too much speed there that I didn't want to use, but uh, you're getting a really nice price at 10 to 1. And finally, before I move on from her, uh, she was owned. I think Eric Johnson and, and a few other guys owned her, and they sold her after she won the center to K. Maddie. And St. Elias Stable, who bought her thinking breeding, they brought her back at age 5. So they wouldn't have brought her back at age 5 unless they really thought that there was a uh, some potential to keep making some money. Um, I did use the five change of control. I know you said you didn't uh, didn't want to use her. I think this horse is sitting on a good effort. It's gonna be third off the um, third off the bench for her. Third time at age six. Uh, she just misses to LZ two back when she was coming off of the layoff, going five and a half at fairgrounds. Last time out in the Mardi Gras, she hopped at the start and kind of lost all chance. This is a horse who likes to be forwardly placed and just kind of stalk behind the leaders. Um, she has no shot in that spot. And yet kind of like with Campanelli, not as impressively, but like Campanelli still kept fighting, still kept coming, um, ended up passing, didn't gain any ground in LZ, but was able to pass other horses. So to me, that still shows that she was willing to fight uh, and keep going. Um, I don't love that. I'm getting four to one on her. I was hoping for a little bit better of a price, but four to one for a horse that's coming third off the layoff. And, and for Michelle Lovell, she is uh 35% in stakes races with a $3 ROI. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> That is not bad at all. I I didn't use the five change of control here because I feel like Campanelli covers the five. To me, they're they're basically the same horse. And I think Campanelli is a better version. That's of, why of I use both of them. <laughs> because they're both going to have the same trip, running from the same spot. And I feel like I'd rather have Irad over over CJ Hernandez, and I'd rather have Campanelli over over change of control. So to me, it's I, I feel like you're almost uh, duplicating a bullet there using both of them, and that's kind of why I left the five off. We've got some people talking about some prices in the chat here that I am excited to get to. I know we both use the six horse Jouster. Do you want to talk about the six a little bit, and then I'll jump into my bomb? Yeah, um, this kind of feels a little bit to me like uh, reminds me a little bit of Got Stormy in the sense that she was routing and she seemed like routing was what she was good at. And now we're going to try something different and we're trying it at Keeneland in a spot where you've got a lot of proof and turf sprinters. And uh, Todd Pletcher has, LZ, or I'm sorry, uh, not LZ, but has another horse in here, uh, AG Indy. That's the one. I couldn't think of her name. Uh, but I really like the fact that Flavian Pratt's jumping aboard. The horse could be sharp cutting back. Kind of like what happened with Got Stormy, which she won at Keeneland after routing for a long time. And this horse does like Keeneland, won Gate to Wire in the Grade 2 Appalachian last year, the only time she's been here. And really, do you want to leave Pratt off of any tickets right now at Keeneland? He, the guy was 7 for 25 last weekend. Like, I, no, I don't want to leave Pratt off of any tickets. And 12 to 1, wah, yes, please. You nail on the head. And I also like I like horses that are going that have been going longer on the turf and showing speed and then cut back. Because generally yeah. you have a more fit horse, and especially when you have this much pace up front, yes, Jouster's going to have to try a new dimension here coming from off the pace. But you get Pratt, who will work out a good trip, and you have that tactical speed going five and a half where you can, you're can you going to have more kick down the lane if you're able to fire off it. And let's also like not forget, Jouster's been facing some darn good horses. I mean, technical analysis, fluffy socks, cone lima, uh uh, domain expertise in Italian, uh, Wakanaka, Note Navratilova, all graded stakes placed horses Oyster that, Jouster, that Jouster's been coming, facing. So I, I like the fact that you're getting 12 to 1 on the cutback with the tactical speed. Uh, I kind of agree with uh, Curtis here. 
I'm I'm in on this too. I'm surprised you're not using the two here. Star Divine at a monster number 30 to 1, I think makes a boatload of sense in this spot. First off, I like Jorge Abreu turf sprinting. He's one of those trainers who I think does a very good job. 20% uh, with with a $2.57 ROI. First time as a four-year-old, we know I love that. This horse is bred like crazy to love the turf. Dunhill uh, Sire on the top, Galileo Mare on the bottom. Uh, and again, this is another one where if you go back and look at some of those races, the five and a half one last time winning a stakes race at Saratoga was very, very, very impressive. Came seven wide, was able to just get up late. Uh, Abreu was pretty good off the bench, one for five. Uh, so I like that as well. And you get Johnny V to pick up this mount. He rode this horse in that stakes race. I think 30 to one is just way too big for a horse that logically could take a massive step forward here. Who's going to be coming from off the pace in a race with a ton of pace in it. And if, and of course that you've seen horses be able to close on. So I feel like everything kind of lines up well for star divine here. And I, that 30 to one price, just, I, I can't pass it up on the 50 cent ticket. The uh, I didn't do much research on this horse until uh, going in, but um, illegal smile, a horse that was uh, that star divine beat by a head, uh, one has won back-to-back races at Keeneland, including last weekend for Wesley Ward, 93-92 buyers, turf sprinting at Keeneland. Um, they're about to, they're going in the gate right now for race nine. Do you want to put a pause on this? Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's watch good, the ninth here. Good, so good I, timing I on that. A lot of the room here sitting on uh, the two, seven, eight. And I've got the one as well, and the two looks like two. it can go right out. Yeah. So is the eight. Pratt's on the seven, so we could just get this this Pratt horse home. We could be happy. You got two, seven, eight, three wide into the first turn. There you go. Well, it's oh, been seven's gonna lead now. Yeah, seven's going to take the lead. It's been interesting, too, because the first weekend at Keeneland, you wanted to be nowhere near the lead. And now yeah. you want to be on the lead. And it's it's been a very interesting flip-flop kind of in that sense where it, it went from one to the exact opposite. Um, it, it, speed hasn't been as dominant today as it was yesterday. But yesterday, it was just a conveyor belt on that rail. Uh, Matt Araya won the Beaumont Stakes on Sunday at Keeneland. And Pratt was aboard. And I was against her in the spot because speed had been so poor Friday and Saturday and Pratt pulled her back and had her stock. And I was like, watching the race, I'm like, well, shit, if I knew he was going to do that, then, yeah, I would have probably maybe thought she was going to win that race. Um, so, yeah, it seems like Pratt is very in tune to what the, the track is, is doing and how it's playing. How do you feel right now? 278. I mean, you're screaming for the wire, obviously, but do you feel comfortable? I feel pretty good right now because we got a short stretch here. Um, the one horse obviously not getting it done, but it's, it's going to be one of these top four. And the four horse is obviously only the only gotcha here for me. The two horses got a nice spot there. It's going to be whether or not or how much we got left here on the seven and the eight because you feel like well, the eight looks really strong right now. It doesn't look like he's going to – he she is going backwards there. No, he didn't, hasn't really been asked yet. And like I said, this is the short stretch. So there's not a lot of uh, Come on, time to, to catch this horse. Unfortunately, it looks like the four is really the only threat here, which is the one that beats me. But I, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this eight getting to this wire first. Oh. Come on. Yeah, you need that first wire. If, if it's the if it's the true finish line, Mike, I think the four's got you. But uh, oh, we're getting close. No, Here's that it. short stretch. Bam. There we go. Congratulations. And everybody in the chat had it. Congratulations, everybody in the chat. And Mike, that is honestly a perfect transition because we hit all of your five horses. We hit my two. We're going into the mile. And the 16th grade three Lexington stakes, the second leg of the late pick for Saturday at Keeneland. Uh, this is the final Kentucky Derby prep race of the season. 20 points to the winner. So you see a couple of horses in here, like Ethereal Road, like a Tawny Port, uh, like In Due Time, who are on the outside looking in and want to get those, either want to get those points, or I should say in Tawny Port's case, can the horse actually run on dirt? We'll find out here. Where are you going on top? Oh, man. Look, I, I felt like 
I kind of have to go with in due time on top, who I think is probably going to be the controlling speed, also coming out of the toughest races, had trouble last time we saw in due time. I like, I absolutely, I, I really like this horse in this spot. I like a couple prices. So in the 50 center, we're going to try and spread out a little bit, but I'm going to single up in due time in the $5 ticket. I it just, I think if in due time doesn't get the lead, in due time is going to trip out, right? I mean, he's going to be sitting in that second spot in the pocket or right outside the speed and be able to go right on by, kind of like we just what we just saw at Keeneland. So I, I feel like in due time is going to fire here a pretty big bullet, and I think get the job done. Yeah, that's my top pick, too. Um, I mean, Paco's back aboard. Simplification had a nice third in the Florida Derby, which flatters his form. Um, and you can argue, you know, maybe Simplification wins with a different trip or something. But still, it was a good effort. Um yeah, I don't. I don't see any reason. I don't see why you don't use this horse unless you really don't want to use three to one, and he'll probably be less than that. But in terms of what we've got class-wise, he stands out just as high as anybody else here. So I'm with you on that one. How deep did you end up going in this race? I went four deep on the fifty okay. center. I singled up in due time on a twenty dollar five dollar denomination or base ticket, but I, I ended up going four deep here, and I, I got a little kooky with it, man. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, second pick in this spot. Kind of surprised I'm saying this uh, is going to be the the three horse. We all see it. Uh, this is a horse that's going to be stepping up big time coming out of a 59 winners or one allowance um, out of at, at fairgrounds. But I was really impressed by the race. This horse run ran gunfighter ran third in that spot. If you go two back face Zozos and Barbosa um, has faced some pretty good three year olds here and seems to just get better and better and better. And that last race specifically, I thought was very, very good. And it's one of the horses I think is going to sit a really tactical trip again. I don't see a ton of speed in here. I think you want to be, you know, in the top four, really going down, heading down the lane. And this is a horse I think is going to sit right behind that first flight of speed and get first run. I'm a little scared that last number isn't accurate because uh, the time form and the buyer both are significantly higher than any other race the horse would run. However, if we're able to repeat that race, uh, we all see it is a logical contender here at a 15 to one morning line. I mean, I went back and forth on this horse. I didn't use him, but um, I also did this with the morning line. I'm looking at this at 15 to one. I think I'm going to add this horse on because what you said was, was pretty true. I mean, that race two back was really bad. But I, it was one of those things where it was almost so bad compared to the rest of his efforts that you just kind of scratch it off. So yeah. um, I like that. I like the fact that, uh, you know, this horse, when he gets to the front, can hold on to it. You see that race at, uh, when he broke his maiden in Indianapolis or Indiana. Green. Luis Sires picking up the mound. That was kind of what caught my attention, too. And I was like, all right, OK. Like Eddie keneally has got a second and a third and two starts so far that breeding wise, you would say the horse should be able to handle a mile in the 16th. And if Sires keeps him forwardly placed. <clears throat> excuse me we just saw in race nine here at keeneland which i love how this turned out at mile the 16th that finish line is the 16th pull uh early it was two four seven eight top four late two four seven eight in that race so you need to be in that top four like mike is saying um uh, if you want to have a shot so i i'm going to add the three onto my ticket here you want to go in order and talk about the next one you're using here yeah, sure. So uh, next in for me here was the 10 horse. I'm going to go to dash attack. I'm, I'm kind of surprised I'm using this horse, if I'm being completely honest, because I have not been very high on dash attack. If you watch the show, you probably have heard me talk some shit about dash attack, in fact. Um, and I'm not a huge Kenny Mapeak guy. We've talked about that as well, uh, mainly because I get confused by where he places horses often. But this is one of those scenarios where you go back and dash attack, obviously very good over the slop. Those by Munnings, those first two races look great. You go back and you watch the two at mile and 16th efforts, and um, the the rides by David Cohen left something to be desired. We'll put it that way. And so <laughs> when you have you're switching from someone who I'm I'm gonna I can be a little critical about how we with a trip we got two straight races, and we're going to Flavian Pratt, 
who gives every horse he's on a chance to win, it's a huge upgrade. And I'm like, I can't pass up on 10 to one on a horse that seems to have talent that I can point to specific areas where the rides hindered the horse last time, last two times out. And now is getting a massive jockey upgrade. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Flavian Pratt was seven for 25 opening weekend at Keeneland. Uh, do you want to leave Pratt off your tickets? Cause I don't, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Listen, here's the thing. The, I'm with you. Cause I went to originally was too deep. I'm three deep now, but, um, I, I liked this horse because of the jockey chain specifically to Pratt, because he showed with Zandon that when he's got a horse with tactical speed, like Zandon did, which by that, I mean, he's push button. When you say, Hey, move here, move here, do this, do that. I really think Dash Attack in his first two starts showed that he can be tactical, and I'm with you. Cohen didn't give him that exact same ride, I guess we should say. One of those times, I know Dash Attack was platooned like out in the parking lot with yep. his draw, but uh, we've looked at the weather, too. Obviously, if you look at the, the form, Dash Attack looks better if it's wetter. It doesn't look like it's going to be a wet track, but if that happens, I mean, he might become my almost become my top pick because that's just what makes him even better. But we definitely agree on the 2 and the 10. I'm going to go, I'm going to use one other horse in this spot. And I'm actually going to the five horse howling time for my other buddy, Dale Romans, who I really use, but so, so you're hang on. Mike Samich is using Kenny McPeak and Dale Romans together in a Kentucky Derby prep race. Just wanted to make sure we've got that clear. Okay. Where my top pick is a, a green horse ridden by Paco Lopez. So Paco, yeah, I, yeah. Know. I, I like both of them, but it's just, it's very odd that a top pick a country, in a yeah. Kentucky Derby prep is green with Paco. Um, <laughs> Look, Howling Time is a horse that this is second off the layoff. And to me, that was a big part of this. The Fountain of Youth effort, uh, it was just kind of a head scratcher. He ran up into the pace, but like, but was still in ninth or tenth the whole time around. Never really fired. Uh, we're getting back to Kentucky where, where Roman seems to do a little bit better. This horse had a nice start to its career. Won two races impressively, then was in that uh, Kentucky Jockey Club, ran fourth to Smile Happy, Classic Causeway and Right of Barrio, or ran fifth, I'm sorry. Um, but again, has tactical speed. And to me, this is this is why I think this horse is worth using at 15 to 1. Tactical speed, second off the layoff. I, this horse could fire a big one if it's able to sit right behind and make a nice move around the turn. I'm not as confident in howling time as I am the other two longer shots. Um, and like I said, I'm just going to single up in due time on the $5 ticket. But I do respect this horse, especially if it can take a step forward your second off the layoff. Uh, if you're willing to forgive that effort too bad, or I'm sorry, last out in the fountain of youth. Uh, yeah, I think this is a horse that can hit the board third or fourth. I don't see him winning, but I think if he gets the tech, if he has the tactical speed from when he was younger, from when he was two, I think he's got a better chance. Um, Joe Talamo has been ice freaking cold at Keelan. He's now 0 for 14 uh, through today. So he only had one mount. I don't know if it's because Keeneland is, is, is so tough or it's because he's paired up with Dale Romans or, or what's going on, but he is not having a good start to Keeneland. Uh, he's due, man. There you go. It's all, all going to crack through. Now, I, I, look, I, I would, I agree with you. I would normally not, not love, like I'm willing to price hunt with these guys versus play them at, at five to two or three to one. One of the reasons I'm not using major general, I think four to one is way too short of a price in this spot. And I think the horse is going to take money. So I just, I, I could, I avoided the seven because I, I feel like, Look, I think in due time is a better version of Major General. And I think that there are other horses that have some upside here that could, that could surprise at a number. So the, the, speaking of surprises, the most surprising thing to me, uh, Tawny Port is the favorite at 5-2. to two. Now, I get it. It's Brad Cox. It's Laurent Giroux. It's a horse that you would think, okay, well, he's, he's you know two for four. He's looked pretty decent. But that's been on synthetic. And Brad yeah. Cox is on record as saying he's this horse is in this race to find out can he handle dirt? Because he is in the Kentucky Derby. He's got enough points from finishing second in the Jeff Ruby, which is in itself its own problem. But uh, this horse, we're not using it. I'm saying that this horse is not like dirt because that Risen Star 
he never once picked up his feet. Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest issue here, right? Like, it, it's the same reason I, I put out a video on Racing Dudes YouTube about the five horses that I think are going to be way over bet on Kentucky Derby Saturday. Number one was, was Tis the Bomb, right? Because I, it's a turf horse. You look at Tony Port. It's kind of a turf horse. Like, it just, it, it kind of is what it is. And um, the fact that you are at this point in the career and you're saying, well, we're going to try a graded stakes and we're going to come back quickly to run in a graded stakes to then come back quickly to run the Kentucky Derby to see if we are good on dirt. Uh, that's that is enough like caveats in one sentence from you had no interest at seven to two or five to two or seven when, or five to one <laughs> or whatever price right especially not as the favorite in a race that's a big mess and we're kind of all over the place we we like the two and the ten and after that uh, well take your pick just don't don't do the seven or the nine let those let those horses beat you Mike this, we're gonna move on sorry go ahead this comment and, and uh, so this comment would definitely lead you to uh, have an interesting way of being named Tawny Port. <laughs> We're just going to leave it at that. Move along. Uh, Papa Dude, mind in the gutter. <laughs> wow. Usually Papa Dude's yelling at Aaron and I because I'll say a comment in the chat of their show to get Aaron to say something dirty. And then Papa Dude, ha- he has to explain it to his father, which is also funny making him do that. And then, yeah, then he'll, he'll yell at me for being a uh, not, not. Yeah. Nope. We're just going to move on from that one. Uh, good luck to our boy Strava, the eight horse. Um, you know what would be funny is if Strava wins this race because in the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League, we drafted him. Uh, hasn't turned out to be our best decision. No, nope. um, but we've tried four or five times to drop this horse to claim someone else. We've never won the the claim because we've always said shake against others. And so the running joke has been like, we're right now we're leading the league. We could win this despite the fact we've tried so hard to get rid of Strava. If he wins, I feel like that means we can't lose this fantasy league, right? Like if Strava wins this race, I mean if Strava wins, we got to bet him back in the Derby, right? <laughs> Uh, let's move on. This is a race that, uh, from a quantity perspective, isn't the best. Uh, it's actually the worst of this entire sequence, but quality wise, the grade one, Jenny Wiley stakes, the penultimate leg of the late pick four Saturday. It's just beautiful. Mike six older Phillies and mares going to mile on 16th on the turf. Well, maybe the, the one scarabee is cross centered to run Friday. So we don't even know. It could just be five horses. Chad Brown has won this race four times. Tied for most all time. Pretty good. He's also got two horses in here who might be pretty good. Uh, that's the three Shanasara, your six to five morning line favorite, and the four Regal Glory, the seven to five second choice, who has done nothing wrong. And I'm honestly surprised that she's still here because she got her grade one victory two back. And then she won the Pegasus World Cup Philly Mare Turf. I don't know how it gets much better for that horse, but hey, this is going to be a fun race. It is. I mean, this is kind of what Chad Brown does is he he has these older Phillies and mares that just keep getting better and better and better and they become superstars for him. And I think that Shantasar is the next superstar here. I think Regal Glory kind of holds the torch. And I think this is when that torch is passed over. And, and that's saying like that's saying something because Shantasar won the QE2 Cup last year, <laughs> which is no uh, no race to like shake your nose at. So and that was over this this Keeneland course as a three year old. Now we're going to get first effort as a four year old. Generally a spot where you see Chad Brown take massive steps forward. Chad Brown Phillies specifically take massive steps forward early in their four-year-old season. Again, early in their five-year-old season. Um, I also think this sets up better for Shantasara. Regal Glory, like, there's a decent amount of pace for a small field. Even if the one defects, which, by the way, if I'm Jonathan or Jack Sisterson, bye-bye. I don't want any part of this race. Yeah, um, a seven to two second choice in that other race, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out of here. Like it's You have four, maybe five legit horses in here. Um, and you've got three of them that want to be forwardly placed. You're going to have Navalova. You're going to have Regal Glory. And you're going to have Lady Spite Spear all forwardly placed. I think size is going to be aggressive with Lady Spite Spear. All of that helps Shantasara set up and set a better trip. And then on top of that, we get Pratt, who... 
in these type of races, I think is invaluable because he is not going to let her get too far back. He reads the pace well. He's going to understand when he needs to go, how he needs to go, and he's going to understand the turf course exceptionally well. And that's what separates Pratt. And this is a Pratt love fest, but that's what separates Pratt in a lot of these spots is that he's able to really take in the overall surroundings and situation of the race and then be able to make the right decisions internally in the race to set the horse up to be in the best possible position. Irad's very good at that. Jose is very good at it. But when we see it on grass, I think you're just going to see a different game coming from Pratt. I'm singling the three in both the 50 cent and the $5 tickets. I think Shantasar is going to be an absolute superstar. Um, you know who also thinks that? Besides Trish Smith, who I agree with, uh, and I also believe that, Chad Brown is on record saying that it is reasonable to map out an Eclipse Award-winning season for Shantasara. Uh, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's facing older horses for the first time? Okay. Flavian Pratt, undefeated in three starts on this horse. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Mike. Flavian Pratt, 7 for 25, opening weekend at Keeneland. I don't know if you want to leave him off your tickets. I don't. I'm interested to see if you can say that stat seven times in this show since we're now at three already. So, uh, yeah, I, I look. I think, seven, sorry. <laughs> I, my other issue here is that if I did take go too deep, I would use Rebel Glory. And if you've listened to this show or watched the show enough, you know I'd have no interest in using a six to five and a seven to five. That's just long term, a very bad idea in ticket construction because you're essentially losing equity in a leg by using two horses that are both sub two to one, even though, yes, it can get you through. Overall, it's it's a bad plan long term, and so I, I if I'm going to lean toward one over the other, it's Chantasara here, uh, and I hope that Regal Glory doesn't beat me. But I, I'm excited to watch this race because I think it's going to be absolutely spectacular. Absolutely. And by the way, if you want to watch us watch this race, we're going to do the reaction to it over at youtube.com slash racing dudes. If you haven't yet, go watch some of those instant replay reactions. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can see how we are when we're at the track. It's we're reacting to this stuff. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm going to agree. Listen, great minds, great named people think alike. Curtis. You just got to play the two Chad Browns here. I agree with you, Mike. Long term, it is bad idea to go three, four and move on. But I mean, look at Regal Glory. This isn't just any Chad Brown. I mean, I thought for sure she was going to be the favorite until I saw the morning line. I was like, all right, words out on Pratt, apparently. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to go three, four here just to move on. But Shantasara was my top pick here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just absolutely going to go through it. By the way, I, I don't mean to be m mean here. Where's Irad Ortiz Jr. in this race? Chad Brown's got two in a grade one at Keeneland. Where's Irad? I, this is just all the I'm just I'm really interested to see how this plays out as we go back back up north. Who like do you think I, Chad was like, I'm firing you until you get a better haircut? No, I don't think he's firing him. I mean, he was on Oakhurst we'll today. So we're not gonna fire Irad, but I like I will be very interested to see who gets who gets the first call. If it's not Klarevich, we'll just put it that way. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, Klarevich is Lloyd Christmas all the way. But uh, uh, we're going to move on. Fourth and final leg of the late pick four seconds at Keeneland on Saturday, April 16th, race 11. Back on the dirt. Seven furlong tricky distance optional claiming sprint. 11 older males. This is a great betting race for sure, Mike. Uh, it's a fun sequence. I'm just thankful that we for once have a pick four that doesn't end in a state-bred maiden claiming turf route race that's overdrawn. So where do you want to go on top? I mean, this is just a banger, man. <laughs> we got we got Ducali in here who we made fun of about his, you know, being in, in some of those those big time races that that we just knocked uh, at Saratoga, including that 97 winning effort. And we talked about that for all summer. You got Violent City in here. Soup and Sandwich Soup shows sandwich. back up. Yeah. I mean, it's just it is a banger. I'm going to actually go to the two horse here escape route uh, on top. This is a play based on how the track is going right now. I, I think that you could see the two-horse wire this field. I 
you you we're coming out of six furlong races so i think you're going to see um see escape route be forwardly placed and have enough in the tank to hopefully get the job done i like the fact that irad's actually ridden this horse twice which is interesting because it has been run only in California except for its first start at Keeneland, uh, where it ran okay, but not wonderful. Uh, but it, I read wins with it uh, over a November 29th weekend, so that's got to be what? What weekend would that be? That was that that be, weekend? No, that's Del Mar. So that would be uh, like Matriarch weekend. So, so he's out there for something, but he picks up the right. escape escape route mount. And then you see the November 27, 2021. Again, you see him out at Del Mar riding this horse. Both of those efforts, one win, one second. So he knows escape route well. Horse has been forwardly placed. I think this is your speed of the speed. I think escape route goes right to the front. It's tough to catch. Both of, yeah, both of those would have been uh, Matriarch Stakes weekend. So big grade one, like Del Mar's big fall turf festival. That's like their big, big day. So great point on that one. Because you're like, why? I read rode this horse twice before. Uh, was it my top pick? But definitely, um, <laughs> definitely going to be a horse uh, that I use here. Uh, Mark Latt doesn't usually ship horses. They don't always do that well when he does ship them. But his best game is dirt sprinting. When he ships yep. a dirt sprinter, that's when I go, okay, Dr. Scheibel, great example, right? Matt, that horse didn't win in Dubai, but he looked really great. You're like, well, it's Mark Glatt knows what he's doing when he's going dirt sprinting. So I agree with you on that one. Who's the next one you want to use? My other must-use was Highly Motivated. Um, I, I use the two and the four and the $5 ticket here. I, I think Highly Motivated makes a ton of sense in this spot. I'm a little concerned it's first off a layoff and that we're coming back on allowance. Uh, we talk about it all the time on this show, how this is a great time to beat these type of horses. Rarely are they fully cranked up. This looks like a... Uh, specifically, we're coming back at six and a half when this horse was last seen going a mile and a quarter in the Derby. Uh, this clearly looks like a building block, right? And this race came back a little bit tougher than I think Chad might have expected. But th this isn't the goal. The goal is going to be the next race out, which is going to be a graded stakes effort, probably at Belmont, either going seven furlongs or a mile. So I would assume that this is a stepping stone for highly motivated, who won't be fully cranked, but is the best horse in this race. And that's the reason I'm going to end up using him here um, in both the 50 cent and the $5 ticket. I don't know if you know this, Mike. Fabian Pratt was 7 for 25 opening weekend at Keeneland. Pratt Daddy, of course, I'm using And Now, listen, this actually is probably the you're best. You're logged in. Race. You're logged into a different YouTube page and typing things in the chat so you can pull it up. This is getting, this is getting a little ridiculous. <laughs> how much I love Fabian Pratt. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, no, listen, that actually, I, aside from that, this is actually one, if, if not the most talented horse in the race, the second most talented horse in the race i did actually take a little bit of pause i was like seven furlongs and went back and looked he's actually his best races are all at one turn so that makes me feel a little bit better he's a neck away from being three for four in one turn dirt races pratt yeah. brown move on what do you what's the next well actually the next one we both agree on as well is going to be a price here wow you okay yeah i'm three deep here and i i'm gonna go with the horse sandwich right in between him with awesome jerry here at 30 to or 20 to one um you get corrales up look safi not wonderful outside of florida we've seen that a little bit here at keeneland already so uh, obvious concern there but the price makes up for it at 20 to one uh corrales knows what he's doing at keeneland so no concerns there at all this is a horse where you saw him improve quite a bit throughout the three-year-old season, comes out first time as a four-year-old, and he faces a really salty allowance group, including Prevalence, who uh, ended up coming back to win and beat, uh, who was that? Nashville, I think, last time out uh, here over the Keeneland track last weekend. You also had chocolate bar and soup and sandwich in that spot. If you go back and you watch the race, I don't love the ride from Paco. I, I, I thought that he didn't give this horse a great chance. He was uh, hung wide the entire time. It just... I think the mile might have been a little bit more than we want to go here. I think cutting back to six or seven furlongs sets up very well for Awesome Gary, who has races at seven furlongs that are good enough to win this, assuming we take a step forward second time out as a four-year-old. You know I love me some second time out as a four-year-old angles. 
This one hits it like right nail in between the eyes. I think the three horse sits a pretty good trip here, has enough tactical speed to stay close, which is what we want, but enough kick to be able to get home afterwards. So I'm going to go two, three, four here, see if we can close it out with a big time price. Well, and then a, uh, I agree with you on everything that you said about awesome Jerry, but I also love the fact that his debut at age four basically matches his career best effort at age three from a buyer perspective. I'm like, all right, horses are still good. He's still got talent. Um, and, and yeah, it wasn't the best effort. It's also crazy. This horse hasn't won in like a year and a half. Like we, he hasn't won since October of 2012. Yeah, that's a year and a half. Um, but he's literally, so he wins two straight to start his career and then 10 of his next 11 starts or 11 of his next 12, I forget what it was, 10 of his next 11, they're all stakes races. So yeah. like the horse, he was facing really good horses uh, every single time and, and really no breaks at all in 2021. Finally gets a break, got some rust to clean off. Paco, not the best ride. Yeah, I, I'm with you here. I, I really like the fact that this horse is, is stepping forward. We're still at the optional claiming level. We're not dropping anything. And we came to Keeneland. Could have stayed at Gulfstream because championship meets over. We can beat up on some easier horses. Nope. We're going to Keeneland, Mike. I love it. Yeah, me too. And hopefully we can we can get a price home. And I, I was price hunting here like with I kind of like Violent City a little bit um, uh, for Leperu out of the Ian Wilkes bar. And I think that horse has a shot at going to the front and could be dangerous if it's able to if uh, she he's able to make the lead and clear. So I think Violent City is interesting at, at 12 to one. Uh, and then one that got mentioned here by Trish in, this, in the, the chat as well, I think is interesting. The one horse pain I looked at for a long time. I ended up not using pain. Look, I love Ray Lou. Love me some Ray Lou. I think he's going to break through it at these, these bigger tracks here shortly. My biggest issue was the trainer here. Payne's all the races I can point to that say Payne's good enough to win this were in the Chad Brown barn. And we are no longer in the Chad Brown barn. So that was the reason I ended up leaving the one Payne off the ticket. But I, the talent is there. It's the question if we can uh, re-spark or relight that fire here in this horse to be able to get back to those efforts. And that's a great point because if you just look at the the record, the horse has done pretty well so far at seven furlongs. But then you look, well, most of that was with Chad, all the Chad Brown. So uh, the last horse that I use, and actually my second pick in here, you know I can't play Keenly without playing a little bit of Tyler Gaffleone. I'm going to use the eleven chocolate bar here for T Gaff, Mike Maker. Uh, the horse exits some pretty solid uh, one turn dirt races, buried inside, lost to Collaborate and Prevalence. If those horses are in here, they're three to five to win this race. I like these cutting back slightly from a mile to seven furlongs, so it could make him a little sharp. And then the two dirt sprints that he had last summer, just as good as the two that he's coming out of. So I think the horse has ability and talent. If highly motivated, isn't ready to go for whatever reason, I think Chocolate Bar has got a solid effort here. Yeah, I, I'm not going to knock you for it. I mean, I just said Violent City has a chance, and Violent City won by a, a neck going six and a half, and Chocolate Bar was closing. So I, I can't knock you for using Chocolate Bar in this spot. I think the horse does make sense. We need to take a little bit of a step forward, but third off the layoff is, is logical here. And you know Mike Maker and Tgaff want to win at, uh, at, at Keeneland. So that's a combo that usually does pretty well. Uh, Tgaff not on soup and sandwich. Actually, he did ride him a couple of times last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any love for soup and sandwich here. To me, he was almost like a flash in the pan. He has those two great starts, you know, to his career, and then nothing since then. I saw where is it? Curtis brought up Santa Cruiser here, thirty to one. Kentis Sormo's, you know, he's he's screwed us over before to monster price. Um, what do you think about Santa Cruiser? Neither of us used him. I think that this horse needs too much of an improvement to beat everybody that's in here. I think this is the right level. I think this race just came up really salty. Um, sure. That was that was the main thing for me. I, you know, I think Santa Cruz could win a, a 62,000 non-winners or two. But this group of 62,000 non-winners or two is not a normal one. I mean, like we didn't talk about Ducali. Ducali has numbers that, that are good enough to win this race. Um, it has the best, maybe the best buyer, maybe second best. I'd have to go through everything. Uh, with that 97 maiden breaking number. Like, and so 
Ducali adds some to it. I think soup and sandwich is interesting, but I think this is too short for soup and sandwich. He's not fast enough to go this short, but it's he's not you know fast enough to be a long uh, a two turn graded stakes course either. So it's it, there's just a lot in here, and so you're gonna get everything if you like Santa Cruz. You're gonna get thirty to one. Definitely use the horse. For me, I thought this was kind of turned up a little bit too salty. There were too many directions I'd go before him. I mean, we've got the horse that's eight to five favorite that was a neck away from beating essential quality last year. That's how tough. And it's an, this is an allowance race. Like, that's how tough this is. I agree with you. It's not not a terrible spot, but good God. Highly motivated. I use the one, four, eight, and 11 in my pick four. <laughs> oh, in the finale at Aqueduct. Sorry, I had to say yeah. that for the podcast listeners. They're going to be like, wait, he didn't. He just said he didn't use chocolate bar, and that's the 11 horse. No, that yeah. was in uh, Aqueduct here. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through Keeneland's late pick for Saturday, April 16th, and a little bit of uh, live Keeneland Thursday uh, action sprinkled in there as well. Thank you so much for joining us, and if you hit that pick six with Mike, congratulations. We're going to go ahead and give out our tickets. It's going to get a little funky because uh, we've got a little bit different things. Mike, I'll go first. 50 cents, I'm going 3.56 with 2.310. With three four with two three four eleven that's thirty six dollars and then there's a ten dollar Pratt Daddy Press ticket six ten three four if you want to just play all Pratt horses it costs you ten dollars and if if listen if that hits dash attack in the middle of that <laughs> that's that'll, pay. That <laughs> that'll pay I'm gonna play a fifty cent ticket I'm gonna go two three six twelve fourteen with two three five ten with three with two three four and then I will play a five dollar ticket we're gonna go twelve fourteen with two, with three, with two, four, that'll cost you 20 bucks. So I'm, I'm 50 bucks into the sequence total. This is going to be a lot of fun. If, if you are playing, let us below, know below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if you agree with us or not. Sorry, wind's blowing. There's doors slamming. All <laughs> these crazy things happen in Los Angeles today, I'll tell you what. Um, but we didn't talk about it before, but are you worried about Wesley Ward? Not He's not as hot as he tends to be with Keeneland. This year's been a little bit of a struggle for him. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. I mean, he won for him. Yeah, <laughs> he won at seventeen to one in, in a grad in turf sprint. Uh, obviously, we saw Golden Powell come back. He won the two year old race today. He had two horses that didn't break in the two two year old races. And if you don't break in the two year old four and a half furlong <laughs> team, it's game over. So uh, I think that uh, Wesley's Ward's demise is being a little bit overplayed right now. All right, I saw him in the chat there. Actually, he's the one who was asking you about Aqueduct. So let's go over the rails, Mike. No antics of any kind except speed, and there we go with the antics. I love it. Listen, we're going to bring him up here. Geist, congratulations. If you missed it, Oakhurst in race six at Keeneland looking like a steak horse. Um, it was nice. Because initially, we thought we were going to get a price. She was six to one morning line, and her one win was pathetic. So I was like, hey, awesome. That's great. Uh, it, yeah, no, she was down to 72, but she still won. It was really great to see. Yeah, I mean, she took took a lot of money and uh, obviously deserving to take that money. I mean, the horse ran absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I know they're planning on sending the horse or try, hoping to send the horse on out on Oaks Day next start, uh, going right into to graded company or stakes company. So be fun to follow Oakhurst. It's one of those examples. We talked about it. Chad Brown's better horses at Gulfstream were running on the synthetic. So you want to look for Gulfstream synthetic form to tra- translate over into uh, the kind of the turf form, because to me, that was uh, that, that's a big giveaway on where he likes the horse because of the way that synthetic course was playing and how Chad trains, they just kind of fit very, very well together. So even though the number came back pretty bad, uh, still able to win for fun today, which is nice. Oh man. I hope you bet this eight horse. I think we're about to get an eight to one shot home on top. Where's the one. Oh, right, we're not gonna... Yeah. We might get the super at Aqueduct. It's going to be eight, 11, four. And the one's trying to split late. 
<laughs> oh, I got shut off by the tat three. <laughs> well, anyways, Oakhurst is going to be targeting. It looks, sounds like the uh, the Grade Two Edgewood Stakes, which is May sixth. That's Kentucky Oaks Day, all part of the Kentucky Derby weekend. It's going to be uh, a big race. Uh, a lot of fun that whole weekend. I'm already getting. I've been this excited about Derby Oaks weekend in a while. Couple, probably since I was there, which was maximum security year. So, yeah, I'm very, very excited about this weekend. It's looking. We've got a lot of great horses. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I know we wanted to bring up Oakhurst. I didn't know if there was anything else going on in the world. Uh, yeah. Well, we got to talk about the the dudes tournament tomorrow. So we'll be live again tomorrow, um, and we'll be live. I think from four thirty to five thirty, or maybe it's to be a little bit longer. Maybe four thirty to five forty five, something like that. Uh, we have the second racing dudes tournament challenge. Uh, so if you're a subscriber on the racing dudes website for any of the premium picks, so Samo bombs, the rockets, or anything, uh, it's a ten dollar tournament. It's available in your dashboard. Uh, we're seeding the pool with $150 in site credit. Uh, I'm trying to defend my title. Magic is trying to not finish last. So we'll see what happens. You don't tomorrow. know that. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and get last on purpose. See if I do yeah. it better. So it'll uh, it'll be absolute blast. Uh, as always, we're going to use the Friday feature tournament, which is I think is important because you're able to compare yourself in both the NHC and the 15K. So we'll we'll compare versus the scores in our tournament versus those, and it's a blast, man. It's just a lot of fun to be able to go through it. Uh, like I said, we'll have a live show tomorrow from 4:30 to 5:30 or so, um, and we will we'll go over the races, talk tournament strategy, specifically that set of tournaments, um, and yeah, you can compete against the racing dudes. And we're not eligible for the $150 bonus, so uh, that is only subscribers. And and last week. Uh, Ruth won. It was Ruth, right? Who won it? Mindy. Mindy. I'm sorry. Mindy won it. And she had never played a tournament before. It was her trying to get into tournaments, and this was her first effort. So, absolute blast. A great way to do it. Um, if you click on your account, you sign in, you click the tournament challenge button, you'll be able to go right down and be able to see uh, see where to log in and exclusively get that. And make sure you check your email as well as a subscriber. Uh, I'm sure we'll shoot out an email on it as well. Bam! And there, oh wait, it didn't show you. I was going to say, <laughs> here, share this tab. There we go. <laughs> now you can see. Uh, I am, uh, yeah, this will be the, the way to get in there. Listen, we're very excited. We're hoping that uh, a lot of you sign up because it was a lot of fun the first time we got to do it. Uh, Mike, I, and Jared, sounds like, because Aaron's going to be on the road. Uh, yep. We're going to be doing the live show Friday, so make sure you're following us on Twitter so that you get the exact time for when we're doing that. But I am at Curtis Kellogg. He is at some of them, 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords, at racing underscore dudes. Dude to Bet Sports was live earlier today talking all things Kentucky Derby. So you can hear from Aaron and Papa Dude, who brings his own unique perspective to things. So he's got a lot more history. It's a nice way of saying he's old. Uh, he's got a lot more history <laughs> behind him. So uh, make sure you tune into that one and give it a listen. Blinkers off. I'm not sure what time they'll be live later today. I know that uh, Jared's getting uh, taking the boys back right now. But um, they'll be live later tonight. And the best way to find out when they're going on and to catch it, Go to youtube.com slash racing dudes, subscribe to the channel and click the notification bell. You'll get alerted by email and little pop-ups anytime that one of us is going live. We've got a lot of content coming out because of the Kentucky Derby. Mike, is there anything specifically Kentucky Derby wise that, you know, maybe went live today that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I did the five overbet horses, which I think I mentioned already, but I have the five most overbet horses that I think are going to be overbet on Saturday at least. There's two Pletchers in there. One of them that people will probably not be very happy about because I know it's a horse that a lot of people are high in. I will say this. I put I put Modonigal in fifth, and I originally had him in third, and then I took him off the list altogether. I looked back at the wood. The wood's a little bit better than I thought. I don't know if you'd been looking at it or if you've taken a look at it again. Do you know Modonigal went sub-12 for the entire race after the first furlong? 
That's impressive. That's that's hard to do. Yeah. And so when I, when I went back, I was I was impressed by that. And now, again, I'm worried that the price is going to get hammered. And that's my main issue with Mo Donegal here. It's not that I don't think he's talented. It's the price and the fact that he's kind of come from the back of the pack. But when I look back at that wood, it actually looked significantly better on paper and watching it back than I originally thought. So I, I, I may have to reassess my Mo Donegal theory, which is not great because I, I have been pretty against Mo Donegal. So we'll have to see. But then I like I think about that. But then I remember the Florida race where he got trounced by... Uh, by uh, Way to Barrio, and and Way to Barrio, I'm starting to fall a little out of love with just because of how slow that Florida Derby was. So we got a lot of work here, here till the first Saturday in May, but it's it's interesting just starting to feel the the different feelings flow through my body and try and figure out who uh, who we're gonna end up be up on. This made me laugh. Curtis says Charge is gonna be the official Derby horse of guys who bet five dollars same game parlays every single day. Um, I watched the uh, Florida Derby. Well, I've watched it a bunch because we've put out a lot of videos and I keep having to show the stretch run of the Florida Derby. So I've watched it about 20 times. Um, charge it. I don't like how we finished that race. Not just because he was green, but then he swaps leads. He's kind of, yeah, I don't know. I think you said it really well, actually, in this video, Mike, that charge it long term has got a great prognosis. But the Derby, I think, is going to just kick him in the face and then we're not going to see him for several months. I think it's going to be one of those cases where he gets kind of ruined for a little bit. From the, I hope it's not because he, th- he seems cool, but I'm afraid about that. I think Charger has a lot better chance at winning the Travers than he does winning any Triple Crown race. I, I think we just still need a little – we need to develop a little bit more on the Charger side. And the, the biggest issue, you go back and you watch that Florida Derby, not only is he green coming down the lane, White Barrio came home in 40 seconds in the final three furlongs. We were just talking about Modonigo coming home in 12s, and, and Charge is not able to get by when, when White Abar is going 40 seconds to the final three furlongs. That's just not a great short-term prognosis for a horse that clearly has a ton of talent, clearly has not figured it out yet. And that's that's where the, the issue is, is that he's going to have to figure this out very quickly to be able to, to tap into that talent. And you're not going to get a good price on him. I mean, that's He was 16-1 to 1 in the future Derby Future Pool. I already know multiple people that are talking this horse up. I guarantee you he's going to have the best workouts of his life when he gets to Kentucky. And all of a sudden, you're going to be staring at 7-1, to 8-1, to 9-1 to 1 on race day. And, and he should, like, his true odds are probably 25-30 to 1. And so you kind of have to decide, am I willing to take one third of the price I probably should get on this horse. And for me, that's just, it's tough to swallow. If you want even more Kentucky Derby talk, we literally have you covered talking about every horse. It feels like it's going to the Kentucky Derby. This is the, uh, if you're watching the YouTube uh, the, or the Facebook feed, this is youtube.com slash racing dudes. This is just what we've put up recently. Um, you see, you can get all the top five for the Kentucky Derby Kentucky Oaks from all four of us at racing dudes. Uh, you see right there, we've got previews for the count fleet sprint handicap at Oaklawn where Jackie's warriors return H four. This guy right here, uh, preview the makers mark mile on Friday, which if you thought that the Jenny Wiley was good with six horses, now take that and make it 14, and they're all older males, and that's the Maker's Mark mile, Mike. <laughs> should, we, should we talk Maker's Mark real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So, so th- this one, I, and this is another one where I think we're going to get unleashed an absolute monster here uh, from the Chad Brown Barn. Um, the four-horse Ma- Manson? Man- Mason. 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 Uh, first time we're going to see this horse in the U.S., and it is a salty field. And the fact that Chad Brown decided this is where we want to place this horse. Oh, who's riding Magic? Oh yeah, Pratt. <laughs> uh, the fact that you get Pratt up, the fact that you want to face this field, I mean, to me, it just it screams confidence coming from Chad Brown. And this horse, by all accounts, is has tactical speed when it was running over in Europe. Faced uh, St. Mark's Basilica, I think it was three back, it was one of the better European horses. Uh, I think it's all systems go. Right now, we're getting five to one on the morning line. We'll see if we're lucky enough to get that race day. But uh, spoiler alert: I picked Mason uh, in the video that's on the YouTube page. But I do think there's a lot of prices underneath that you can have some fun with as well. 
Yeah, if you've got an opinion on any horse at a price there, uh, play underneath Mace. I'm with Mike. Uh, Flavian Pratt jumping aboard, uh, and you said it perfectly in that preview video, Mike, but I don't want to give it too much away, but you said Chad Brown knew that this race was going to be tough, and he put this horse in there, and Pratt knew it was going to be tough and agreed to ride. Like, there's there's something about this Brown-Pratt. Like, if Pratt doesn't win the Eclipse the way things are going through the middle of April – it's because yeah. he, he got hurt. There's no way that Pratt and, and Brown don't keep this going. This is like one to five for those two to win the Eclipse right now. <laughs> and Curtis brings up a great point, too. Yes. Dropping a ton of weight because we're going from Europe to the to the U.S. So he's going to have a nice little weight drop there, which should help with the kick on the way for home. Like 136 pounds as a two-year-old over there. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. The other the other thing I should I want to say is like don't ignore Paul Lobo in that race. You've got two horses, yeah. uh, both in love and Ivar, who are going to be in there. Both have won at Keeneland. Both have won at this distance. Uh, they are both going to be live because Paul Lobo aims for this meet and specifically the Grade One turf races. So you're getting twelve to one and six to one, I believe, respectively, on the morning lines. I think both of those are live underneath. And if you don't want to single the brown horse, I think they're both horses you almost have to use in multi race bets. Um. Car Ramrod asked a question. How did how did Flavin Pratt do at Keeneland last weekend, Mike? Uh, better than Wesley Ward, I think. Uh, I believe he was seven for twenty-five. If I if seven I, for I, I <laughs> off the top of my head, that stat popped in there. So I think that's correct. It's just it's one of those. It's like uh like seven sixty-one. It's just one of those stats that will forever be in your brain. See, see, you know what I was talking about right there too. Um, all right, listen, we'll get out of here. We'll do one last question, and we'll get out of here. Curtis, you've been great in the chat. Appreciate. It. What do you guys think of Barbara Road? Reminds me a bit of looking at Lee, who got rallied to get second up the rail in the Kentucky Derby in 2017. I think that's a pretty apt comparison. That's pretty good. Yeah, he, he could he could mess some people's supers up. Um, I, I think Barbara would be hard-pressed to win. Uh, I don't love the Arkansas circuit in general. I think that's probably one of my bigger knocks on Barbara Road is that he's coming out of a, a races that I'm not going to – like, I'm not going to use Cyberknife. I'm not a big Cyberknife fan. And if I'm not using Cyberknife, it makes it a lot harder to start saying, I want to use Barbara Road. I want to use so, – for me, it's uh, it's more the fact of who's run against that it makes me tough for me to think that he's going to be able to, to step it up. But you're going to get a big time price, and it's it's a horse that could get a trip to end up in that fourth spot or the third spot. And so I wouldn't try and talk you off Barbara Road underneath. I think, I think on top it's going to be a big ask, but I think underneath it, it makes some sense. Absolutely, he's a John. Well, it's ironic because his trainer is Johnny Ortiz. He's a Johnny tryhard. He's one of those ones that you love to own, like looking at Lee. And you hate to bet, like looking at Lee. Yeah, no, I think Curtis described it perfectly. He's uh He's, he's looking at Lee and Chris as a maiden. Uh, Lobo has a maiden early in the card on Friday. Do you know who that would be, Mike? Do you have it pulled up? I can figure it out pretty quickly here. Um, so Ash, just give me Ashley, little... Ashley thinks, see, Ashley thinks that Donegal is looking at Lee. I'm going to see, Ashley, I like you, but I'm going to disagree on that one. I think Mo, <laughs> Mo Donegal can win races. That's the problem. Like looking at Lee just couldn't. I, I you know, Jared's been, Jared's been banging the Mo Donegal Belmont drum for a while here i think that's probably a little more realistic you don't you're not you don't think he's gonna get the distance realistic i it's just the belmont you need a horse that could be more forwardly placed than that i that's why i keep banging the drum on blinkers for that horse give me one time blinkers on that horse one time let me see what happens with him i think that could help him win the belmont so lobo has two in the second race that both have started before quality star he says that's got to be in the second yeah, the ten horse. But yeah, he's run. He's run once before. Um, quality star, but Lobo's got. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, if I Lobo's got three horses in turf races tomorrow outside of the the mile. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you have at least one other winner in there. 
Paulo Lobo going to have himself a day. Uh, Curtis Manlow is guaranteeing quality star will win the second race Friday at Keeneland. Um, if you lose money on that, feel free to contact him directly. Uh, and he will, I'm sure he will offer you all refunds. Cause I mean, look, the guy puts his face right on his YouTube channel. Yeah. It's gotta be, gotta be the same thing. Thank you so much for joining Mike and I, that's been our time. We so appreciate you for joining us before you leave hit like, give us a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Mike and I'll be back on Monday to talk about everything that happened over the weekend. I'm sure a lot more derby each talk because the picture will be that much clearer. But until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend. Have a lot of fun. Get drunk. Have fun betting horses. We'll see you Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) We will see you tomorrow for the Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge. Thank you, Mike. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com. Your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.